Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that's ever existed. Um, coming at you with the third and final part of the boy band girl group conversation with Emily Fair. Uh, there's only two songs from each of us in this one. Hopefully it's a little bit shorter than the previous parts. Um, I decided to break this up into a three-parter just for the sake of having each episode be a relatively tolerable length. Um, but yeah, guys, before we get into it, please follow me on Instagram at James P. Crowley. Follow me on Twitter at James P. Crowley 68. TikTok talk james p crowley jamescrowley.substack.com for the newsletter anyway let's get into it cool bye yeah but uh let's uh let's get into some k-pop speaking of emo this is a very emo bts song um uh spring day Yes. isn't as popular song as like some other like the casual k-pop fan wouldn't necessarily know this song but they would know like um dna or uh blood sweat and tears by uh bts but this song to me is just really beautiful i love usually the title track in k-pop is like whether it's a mini album basically an ep or a full album the title track is the one that they go on music shows for. Um, so what we consider a music show here would be like the equivalent of TRL. Um, okay. And, but in Korea, they have like one, uh, one for every day of the week on different channels. And they're essentially, okay, cool. it's like TRL where I don't remember exactly, but TRL, it would, they would have like the countdown for videos but for this, it's like you are ranked in your performance and it has to do with how many albums you sell as well. And because South Korea is such a, um, well, they're a smaller country than the U.S. So yeah. it's like they're so consolidated in Seoul and the music industry is, in, is there. And these record companies have so much power. They're, they're agencies too. So you were signed on a contract for like seven years with them and the music industry is just so powerful there because the government subsidized it as well because it's this whole thing of soft power in korea so the high you wave the the uh, emergence of korean culture across the globe which sort of started in the late 2000s um with like the rise of girls generation big bang um this is sort of like the second wave coming about where BTS is now appearing on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon and the American music awards. Like when they appeared on the American music awards, that was a huge deal. The AMAs. Yeah. And say it like a person. (laughs) Well, 
sorry. I'm joking. Um. When I think AMA, I think ask me anything. So I just want to. But basically, that was a huge deal. And like the fact that DNA was the song that really broke them out. Like that played on the radio here. And Spring Day came before that. And so when I was talking about music shows, usually it's like full of like high energy dance choreography or at least like sort of like sexy performance. Like the next song that I'll talk about is like not as high tempo, but it's like, it's something that you can like dance to at a club sort of like, yeah, it's a vibe. Spring Day is the song that is just, it's not quite a ballad, but it's, it's more that it's just like this really beautiful song that makes you feel sort of nostalgic and emotional. And the fact that they chose it as a title track was great to me. I really loved it and it showed their range. Um, especially since they started as a strictly hip hop group and they're able to show this vulnerable side. So I want to say this has been very informed. I mean, you probably you probably didn't like it. So no, I, well, so like I actually, not that I'm going out of my way to listen to a lot of BTS songs, but um, I do generally like their instrumentals, and like I appreciate the vocals. But like, since I'm a lyrical person, and I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. I mm-hmm. like can't fully sell myself. But what's and with this, I said, I really like the instrumental, but it's very funny that you're just sort of like, oh, you know, it's a beautiful song. And I'm like, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, with BTS, the thing is, too, with K-pop songs, I actually don't usually look at the translations. It's just, to me, I watch the music videos first. Okay. And just seeing that imagery and seeing the emotion that's pouring out of them and just the cool aesthetics and just like seeing my favorite members and like what they're wearing, what new hair color they have, like the new dances. And then you see the performances that they do and just like the little things you notice. It's just like a fun, it's like a fun puzzle, I guess. And BTS, I'm not as into them as a lot of people are in that I wouldn't consider myself like an army. Like I own one physical copy of a CD of theirs and versus you these like other... that indie K-pop. <laughs> I mean, I like some <laughs> what you would call indie K-pop, but um, with Army, they own like every physical album. It's like physical albums are very big in the K-pop community, and that's how you support your artists and you really get them to the top. And that's how they get to the billboard charts now here in America, too. It's like they buy a lot of physical stuff. But um, in those are these, like, visual packages. They have, like, picture cards. They have, like, flip books of different pictures. It's just, like, so well packaged. A lot of the aesthetic that I get from watching, um, like, looking at, like, the merch and stuff and, like, the the promotional material, I guess you could say, from a mm-hmm. lot of the K-pop artists, it feels very reminiscent of those 90s boy bands. Yeah. But Where, like, there's just, like, so much shit. And, it's like, turned up to a thousand because you have the globalization yeah. and the Twitter stuff. And with BTS, what I was trying to say, too, is that they have this whole mythology that yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I tried to read it once, and I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. And they have it, too, in their junior group, which is TXT, which stands for Tomorrow Together, where their younger um, 
it's basically a younger version of them uh, at the same company, but they have a whole mythology too. And that's kind of a part of why they got so popular is that they really got into the fan base and they were really, um, they were giving fans like all this material to pour over. They have these uh, vlogs that they posted all the time on this channel called V Live where they subtitle everything. So all of these people from across the world were able to tune into this, do like different theories with them. And also BTS, like com they actually write a lot of their stuff too and do a lot of their, they don't like choreograph all their dances, but they have a lot more input than a lot of these bands have. Right. So they're considered um, like more artists. From what I know about BTS is it seems like they may, I mean, they kind of already are, but they may be like the first K-pop group to really truly um, transcend the K-pop genre and become normal pop stars. I did an interview with a guy from Public Citizen a few weeks ago. Um, and he was actually talking about um, issues K-pop uh, uh, and like BTS have with getting on American radio stations. Mm -hmm. That was pretty interesting. I'm going to take out one of my AirPods. Can you send that I think to me? Yes. Uh, he didn't talk. Uh, I don't think that part made it into the article um, because we, we were essentially talking about one guy buying up stakes in a lot of companies and stuff and the angle is you know is this guy controlling what you listen to and um, just send that to me anyway that sounds interesting yeah um but so the the thing he said was like i guess an issue that bts runs into is that nielsen categorizes their music as world, world. music and so they don't get played on radio stations and now you know with this one company having such a huge stake in all these companies, you know, BTS really isn't going to get played on the radio and the BTS army found my tweet and I got just as many likes and retweets and responses as I have followers, which isn't many. And the thing is, the radio doesn't really matter anymore. Oh no, it doesn't. Especially now, people are not listening to the radio in their cars. Um, I'm trying to remember what this guy bought portions of but uh, you know he he's he's a big player in like stuff he like owns portions of Ticketmaster and Live Nation um I'm just gonna yeah I think cool. live music when we are eventually able to go to it like that's a big deal merch is huge like obviously streaming yeah. is huge but I don't think radio play really matters too much anymore because a lot of that stuff, like when I was still listening to the radio on my commute and stuff, I realized a lot of that stuff was coming from TikTok. Yeah. Well, TikTok is the next, I mean, assuming it doesn't get banned, um, is going to be like the next great definer of, you know, what is popular. Yeah. Controlled by the teens. Um, controlled by the teens I, you know i like i i've started making a playlist of all the songs i like from tiktok because like yeah there's just a handful of like just kind of dumb songs that i adore that are tiktok songs yeah i mean that ash nico song we were talking about yeah 
Um, the one I can't find, I forget who the singer is, but it's like, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. Ew. I'll send it to you. It's great. Um, but with BTS, I just want to say, like, they do some problematic shit, which, which I don't like. I want to acknowledge that. Um, What's the problematic had, shit? They, like, did a photo shoot at a Holocaust memorial. I don't, I don't know what happened there. There was, like... That's almost like a pop star rite of passage nowadays. Yeah. Um, Justin Bieber wrote, I wish Anne Frank would have been a believer. God. Um, there was also, sometimes they make some comments that could be construed. I don't want to get this wrong, but they make some comments that um, could be construed as like anti, like colorism and that like, oh, your skin is too dark. It's like a big thing in Korea that you don't want your skin to be too dark. And that's a major issue. Um, But it sort of plays into the conversation about racism. Um, And, but I just wanted to acknowledge that. And I also want to acknowledge the the problems in the K-pop industry that we have come to know with the recent batches of suicides in the industry. Yeah. And when I was talking about the seven-year contracts, they are, they are worked so hard. And, oh, 100%. And I didn't put them on, but Twice is a, band, is a girl group that they're the most popular girl group in Korea right now. They have comebacks, quote-unquote comebacks, meaning new singles. Um, every single pretty much is accompanied by an album or a mini album. So they do at least like four songs for every comeback they've done like five or six in a year before and with those come the promotional tours across all the music shows they have to do like all the variety shows it's just like they're working so hard and it's like crazy like and when you're starting out you have to basically pay off the debt that you owe to these companies because that you're trainees under them for a certain amount of years until you're ready to debut yeah. And just the system is not good. It's not it's not regulated as much as it should be, especially since a lot of these kids are very young. And they're like the fandom can be at times not great, especially when it comes to the um the members like dating people. It's gotten much better now, but there used to be dating scandals where when when people found out that your favorite member was dating someone like they would send death threats to the other person and it would become like yeah it it would become like a big issue but nowadays it's becoming less of an issue because there was a scandal between um two artists at the same company um who were together secretly for two years because it was such an issue like they hid it from the company too and then they left the company and they started under uh, the, the company of the guy who did Gangnam Style, Psy. And they're doing pretty well now and it's sort of become part of their brand that they're together. And it's become less of an issue, which is great, but it's just like so, it's just like, it shouldn't have taken this long. And there are right. also a bunch of issues when it comes to like, um, international members 
in the groups because they're like Chinese members, um, Taiwanese members, like there are issues where people acknowledge, they say like, oh, I love my country, Taiwan, and they don't say that they love China. And it becomes like a whole issue acknowledging, like saying that Taiwan is a separate country. And then this band EXO, like they had a Chinese member who currently can't like tour with them because there's like all of these international conflicts, like Japan and Korea also have a lot of conflicts going on, which I think are better now, but I'm not an expert on this, but it's just, I find the K-pop industry so interesting because it's so different yet similar to the American industry. It's so centralized. It's so political too, which is very interesting. Like what I was saying with the soft power thing, like that's all political. And all in there. (laughs) It's so funny. uh, Because like I did an episode of this podcast that's like foreign songs mm-hmm. or like the the approach we had we had was like foreign or non-english language because that was my original attempt um was to just find like oh are there 10 songs that i like that aren't in english um which is hard um but like it was inspired by like a conversation about k-pop and i've between that episode and this one i've learned a lot about k-pop yeah i find it so fascinating as you can um, tell. Yes. Um, I would read a book about K-pop, just because it sounds interesting. You should. Um, but let's move on into my next take, which is an yeah. American pop-punk band, Weightless by All Time Low. I wanna be laughed at, laughed with, just because I wanna feel weightless, and that should be enough song when it came out i remember listening to it in hollister it it's great it's a fun song the reason i kind of all time low again really isn't a boy band in the traditional sense but i kind of chose it because they have such a defined sound and look that like you know everyone kind of associates them like in the pop punk scene they are the boy band yeah and they had more of a teen girl fan base i believe right yeah yeah um i think now it's a lot of like 20 year olds um because they've been doing this for so long um but yeah it was kind of like oh they do this like sugary sweet brand of pop punk that a lot of people like that plays Um, That plays in Hollister. I don't think they'd still play in Hollister, but, um, you know, they kind of, like, do the, you know, they do the thing, and, I don't know, it's kind of, like, lowest common denominator pop punk in a sense, but at least, like, it's within the scene, so it's still Mm kind of fun and cool. And, I mean, like, Especially, like, with this song in particular, it has, like, a drum machine and synthesizers and, you know, they're playing to a track rather than 
you know, something like Dear Maria, Count Me In. So, weren't they on that like pop punk goes crunk album? They may have been. I don't know. If, I don't know if they were on. Oh, it looks like they were. They I were remember on, that. I forget what song they did. Was it Umbrella? Punk goes crunk. They did do Umbrella. I forgot Which, about that. Umbrella is not a crunk song. No, that one. Well, because that album just came out when like crunk was like the big thing in hip hop. Yeah, but like, they were basically saying uh, white people do black people music. <laughs> right. Um, Which is crazy. That, that album has, it's funny, that's one of three big standouts from that album. Because the three standouts from that album are All Time Low doing Umbrella, which really works. I really enjoy their take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devil Wears Prada playing Still Fly by Big Timers, which I also really enjoy. Um, and probably the best version was Say Anything doing Old Dirty Bastards, Got Your Money. Oh my God. And like, say, I don't, you don't listen to Say Anything really, no, do you? I don't listen to say, the one that you said before, too. Um, Devil Wears Prada, it kind of sucks because they're like, I love metal. the movie. They were a, they were a Christian metalcore band. Um, yeah, now right I don't up think my alley. Christian. But like they, they had some good songs. And I think that like they had more progressive, interesting stuff after. But like um, the Say Anything really does an interesting job because they let it's really just Max Bemis. It's like a Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor type deal. Mm-hmm. and he does like a good job of like experimenting and switching things up and he's like a very funny good biting lyricist but also like you know will throw like oddballs out there mm-hmm. um if you want to hear an emo masterpiece i'm trying to oh you know the... i want to uh listen to the album in defense of the genre which is not available on streaming services, as far as I know. Uh-huh. But that album has like Haley Williams, Gerard Way, Chris Conley, uh, Adam Lazara, you know, uh, Anthony Green, like all these big names in pop punk. He's also done some stuff with um, the Front Bottoms. He had uh, uh- Brian Sella guest on a song from his album Hebrews, which is an album without guitars. Um, he also played a bunch of songs from his album I Don't Think It Is to Kanye West who he said vibed with them (laughs) so Say say Anything is the complete opposite of a boy band but co-signing them that's fun though yeah but anyway Uh, let's yeah were you going to say something about pop punk well, I was just going to say, I, w- I liked All Time Low. They weren't, like, my favorite. I think I gravitated more towards the more theatrical. Like, um, yeah. Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, yeah. I felt like it was a little more theatrical. My Chemical Romance was more emo, but still. Yeah. Um, and Paramore, which had more, like, storytelling to me. All Time Low was, like, a little more generic. Yeah. Well, All Time Low were just, like, writing the songs. Yeah. And like, yeah. 
they they had their look and they've stuck with it to their credit you know okay. those guys are all in their 30s now and like you know everything you always hear about all time low is they are a band that works incredibly hard um and i mean i think that they have evolved but like they figured out their sound they figured out their fan base and you know those people have stuck with them yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to their any of the recent stuff, but it just never stuck with me. It's like it stuck. It got stuck in my head, but I was never like, yeah. "I'm gonna listen to this whole album." Like, I love it. It's not. I mean, I I really do enjoy a lot of All Time Low, but there's never been an All Time Low song that I'm like, "This defines my life." Yeah, which I end up having with. I mean, all the other bands you just named and, like, the stuff that I adore now, like The Wonder Years and Modern Baseball and The Front Bottoms and uh-huh. stuff like that. I mean, so. The Front Bottoms, like, you know one of my favorite songs off of Town of the Hawk is Lone Star, which has such a story, like, yeah. already just in the first, like, lyric. The first line, yeah. goodbye future once so bright, meet my pregnant girlfriend. Exactly. And even funny, you should ask. Like all of those, it's just like you can clearly imagine it all. Versus, like yeah. I want to feel weightless. Like okay, I understand yeah. that a lot. Maybe of people it's not my relate. weekend, but this is going to be my year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've heard that line in a lot of things, and it is relatable. But it's not as the thing that I'm sure you've heard. The more specific you are, the more right you relate to people because like everyone can find something in there and it doesn't feel yeah. as generic. Well, kind of like, kind of like with your Backstreet Boys or your NSYNCs, All Time Low are really like a lowest common denominator band. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you're hard pressed to find a pop punk kid that doesn't at the very least like All Time Low or yeah. like appreciate what they do. And like, it's really just because they're kind of like, oh we're gonna do these you know catchy songs in this style and you know excuse me make it digestible for everyone yeah exactly they're digestible it's like i like the stuff i've heard but it hasn't stuck with me throughout the years until i see like i saw six feet under the stars i can like fucking sing it right now but it's not something that i like think about on my own yeah no i think that's fair and i mean i'm the same way but I don't know. I just feel like, for me, I'm just like, all right, I have to get pop punk in here. <laughs> you might have to break up this episode into three parts. <laughs> uh, you can also edit out be, a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it'll be two, most likely. <laughs> um, um, but let's. So, uh, my last yeah. one, I won't go as into K pop with this, but this is just a, a girl. Bad Boy by Red Velvet. <laughs> So I really like the song. Um, it's so red velvet. Their concept is that they have two sides, red and velvet. Red is more like um, like bubbly, um, more like cute, um, sort of like fruity pop 
and Velvet is like their dark side. And I didn't really get into them until they showed more of their like Velvet side. And this is in it. It's more of like a, it's not like a dark song, but it's just like, it's more grown up from them. I think the, just like the beat and the melody are so catchy. Like, and they have an English version of it too, which I think is really interesting. Um, and well, I love the styling music video. Just Well, so this, the darker side is definitely something that kind of attracts me at least just kind of like looking at this album cover because it's funny that you mentioned because at least on the version you sent me it's kind of looks like like a 1950s like scary comic book mm-hmm. and like you know I didn't love this song but like I love the album artwork and like if this was like a pop punk album I'd buy it yeah you know and like I, I really kind of enjoy that aesthetic. Musically, it kind of reminded me of Lil Wayne. <laughs> what? Like at least like the beat sounded like a Lil Wayne beat. That's interesting. And, I mean, I don't fuck with Lil Wayne all that much, but like Maybe that's why I didn't that like was it. kind. But like that was kind of like what it reminded me of. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean. So I'll go into it a little bit, but SM, the company that they come from, is sort of the, one of the big three. So it's sort of, it's sort of now big four with the company behind BTS. Um, But SM is known for, they produce sort of the first major stars of K-pop in the, like, second generation of K-pop. So Girls' Generation that's sm um xo who i was referring to before that's sm super junior shiny these like very very popular groups and they've recently gone into what i guess you could say a downturn in that their newer generation groups aren't getting as much heat which i find very interesting and red velvet is their last girl group and they debuted in like i think 2015 or something so and they do well, but they're not as, like... Like, this is their first song that I think hit number one, like, very quickly. Or at least it was their first hit in a bit. Um, and SM is now known for more experimental sounds. And this isn't okay. as experimental, but I'd be interested in showing you other stuff. Um, you've sent me a few Red Velvet songs, Uh and you've definitely alluded to others. Yeah, if you wanted to send me a Red Velvet, like, starter kit. Again, lyrics and language barrier. No, I, I'm just referring to SM but, songs in general, which is akin right, to no. label slash agency. But last thing I'll say about this is Red Velvet is also a group that I didn't particularly fuck with before, except for um, these two songs, Time Slip and Dum Dum, which I found really fun and, like, not quite experimental, but kind of. Um, but then I met my friend Rose, who is originally from South Korea. She moved here when she was pretty young, though. But um, she loves K-pop. She loves discussing it with me. And Red Velvet is one of her favorite groups. So she really um, brought out my appreciation for it. And I just love discussing this stuff with her. And it's just, I didn't really make the connection with it until just now. But it reminds me of when 
I would hang out with Amanda and like send her links to stuff. It's like anytime there's K-pop news, like we send it to each other or there's a new single. And it's just like a really fun thing to bond over. And it's sort of become like an identifier for us and also an identifier for me in terms of the kind of music I like. And I try to also not make it problematic in the sense that like some people try to take on the persona of essentially like being Korean, which I think is very weird. So uh, I I always try to be like very uh, respectful of everything. And I, I just really appreciate the culture. And Definitely. I wanted to go there this year, but I couldn't because of Corona. I was going to go with my friend who I've watched K-dramas with. Um, this is dumb. And this is just my dumb boy brain thinking. Oh, and like my, my cultural idiot. What's it called? Parasite was a South Korean movie, right? Yeah. So Bon Joon-ho, who I've loved for a long time. And if you go to my Instagram, which is private, so not everyone can go on it. There's a photo of me and him when I met him <laughs> at the Jacob Burns Film Center. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Logan and I were talking about the Jacob Burns recently. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'll tell you about that later. But, okay. okay. Yeah, that's bit. So, like, with uh, Emmy, the girl I've been dating, she's, uh, when we first kind of started, not when we first, I guess it kind of was, because Corona was pretty quick. When we first started going out, at one point we were texting about Parasite, and she was like, oh, would you want to go see that? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, and she was like, yeah, we should go see it. And then Coronavirus hit, and it was like, all right, well, I guess yeah, we're not I didn't going realize to it was it. still in theaters. I guess they re-released it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's bring this on home with my last pick, which was Me and My Dog by Boy Genius. We had a great day Even though we forgot to eat And you had a bad dream And we got no sleep Cause we were kissing I had a fever Good day. And I really think that this qualifies as a girl group, not just because, you know, it's three women, but also they planned this EP because they were like, well, we have a tour coming out. It'd be cool if we could do something together. So, I, like, it was like a super total- group. Yeah. Super it's like group, the so high women for indie female artists. <laughs> Uh, well, that's well. They got when they did this, and the cover is a reference to it. It's a reference to Crosby, Stills, Nash. Mm, I didn't realize that. And yeah, and like I don't know. I I love all three of these artists. You know, I've uh, I've seen you know Phoebe a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have gotten tickets to see her on the Punisher tour if that was going to happen. Yeah, I Um, saw her with Connor Oberst for Better Oblivion. I almost went to that, but then I went to Vegas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had a ticket and I was going to go. Yeah, when you could have hung out with me. (laughs) I had a lot to do. Were you going to drive out to Vegas? No. Um, Um... 
no, I had a ticket. And then my girlfriend at the time was just like, oh, hey, do you want to go to Vegas this weekend? And I was like, well, I don't get to see you that often. So, yeah. I do have a better Oblivion t-shirt, though, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I like each song on the Boy Genius EP, but Me and My Dog is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because Phoebe writes my favorite songs and it's so prominent. I also remember, I don't, I don't even know, you know what, I went to go see The National and Phoebe was opening and so was Jason Isbell and another band and Phoebe was playing like super early and I made sure to get there in time just so I could see her and I just remember weeping when she played Me and My Dog. Mm-hmm. and it was great i i also love each of these artists separately but i love phoebe bridgers and i think she's just like so cool i love watching interviews with her yeah. and i think the the song that i most identify her with and that i play the most is motion sickness yeah and that's one of her quote-unquote more upbeat songs at least in terms of the tempo the, did you like, read my uh recent newsletter about pp cocaine please send it to me (laughs) i i made a joke about not having good taste in music to play at parties and i made a joke saying like you know none of my friends are depressed enough to realize that motion sickness by phoebe bridgers is a totally fine song to play flip cup (laughs) to i mean i would do that if i played flip cup I, i just suck at flip cup and i don't drink beer um but Lucy Dacus Dacus, how do you say Dacus? <laughs> so Lucy Dacus, her songs, um, especially um, her first album, and then also also her second album, um, they're the ones that I get like lost in. Yeah, like the first um, kiss, the first time I tasted somebody else's lips. This is spit. I had yeah. a. Yeah, spit. I had a had a coughing fit. Like that um, song for me just takes me on a journey. And when I talk about like songs building up, that's what I'm talking about. So I've seen Lucy Dacus twice. The first time was at the Boy Genius tour. Um, but the second time, she was actually the first show. I think maybe the first show, maybe actually no, she wasn't because I saw the Wonder Years. <laughs> Um, at the very least uh no but actually so i'll I'll tell the story um oh boy the first date i went on after my breakup in october was awful and like not like awful like oh my god this is terrible but just sort of i was like we're really not connecting and like about midway through i'm like there's not going to be a second date And, like, I'm not going to, like, make an attempt to see this person again, which is fine. But because it was the first date I had kind of getting back into the swing of things, I didn't necessarily, like, check my, like, shit going on. And I had a ticket to see Lucy Dacus that night. Uh Um, And I was like, well, I guess I'll go on this date and just see what ends up happening. Because I've been texting this girl for a little bit. And, like, it seems like it's okay. And then it was an awful date. Uh, so then I looked at the time and I was like, you know what? I can make the Lucy Dacus show. Oh, and I got there like right before she went on. 
Um, she opened with Fool's Gold and she closed with a song that I guess is called I Would Kill Him, which she I don't know that one with, much. I don't think it's a song that's been released, but she oh. opened with it at the Boy Genius show and was like, yeah, I just want to play this because I love this venue. And like, and then she just kind of like pulled it out as an encore at this show. And it really kind of captures all those things that I love about Lucy Dacus. And it uh-huh. has a great line that's always remembered. Now I'm trying, now I'm drawing a blank on it. It's fine. Um, I messed up the first lyrics, so we're even. <laughs> um, it doesn't say. Um, but it's, it's like something like, you know, oh, I remember drinking rum and Cokes and now I can't have either of those things anymore or something like that and i'm like oh that's so great yeah i mean i'm looking at the track listing for no burden and those first three songs are just like punches yeah like i don't want to be funny anymore is the first one i heard and i really related to that especially I, I was referring earlier to bef- before to like feeling like I had to be the cool girl. And then yeah. I, I always felt like I was like, I had to be something in a group because yeah. I, I didn't have like close, close friends in elementary and middle school that were like healthy relationships. Yeah. I didn't really start that until high school. Um, yeah. And then in college, I finally like figured out how to do that um but this song to me was just it made me realize like oh i'm not the only one who feels this way and those are the great songs i mean i don't want to be funny anymore especially is a song that just kind of like for me as a comedian that's the first song on my bombing playlist if i like have a really bad night that i'm like really moody mm-hmm. and i haven't had a good set i thought oh, i don't want to be funny anymore <laughs> and like i don't know but yeah lucy's great um fuck, Phoebe's like great. her opening historian with night shift like fuck man night shift is great it's so interesting uh, because that feels like an ending song yeah, I'm excited for when she puts out her next album. Because even, like, did you follow, like, the year EP? Uh, I literally just added it to my queue to play after this. Oh. Um, that, like, the cover songs on that are cool and fun. Like, it's interesting to hear her play, like, In the Air Tonight or Last Christmas. The Last Christmas she does is a pop punk song, which is hilarious. Um, she does a really great Dancing in the Dark and La Vie en Rose, but like Fool's Gold is like a killer fucking song. Yeah, that's the one that I've heard and I really like that yeah. one. And that's what she opened with at the show mm-hmm. after my first date with the girl. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so out of these three, I have to say Julian Baker is the one that I'm not as um, connected to. I liked her, um, I'm blanking on the name, but... It was the album with the blue cover. I think it's... Sprained Ankle. Yeah, Sprained Ankle. I was going to say something about an arm. I really like that album. The second album for me, I don't know for what reason, but I just couldn't get into it. See, I prefer the second album. I like Turn Out the Lights. Um, 
I think just I need because to re-listen. They, um, they both have very strong moments. I remember listening to Turn Out the Lights the day it came out and just being, I was like hungover and depressed and just being like, oh, this kicked Classic. me in the face. But like, no, she like, she does cool stuff. And like her shows, you know, the one time I saw her was amazing. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, Julian Baker is dope. And like, you know, but I think, I think Phoebe is my favorite just because I feel like I like, I feel like I live in her songs the most. And I feel like, uh-huh. especially now with Punisher, because even though Stranger in the Alps killed me, I think like Punisher incorporates a lot of musical stuff that I like, yeah. as well as like the interesting lyrics that the she screaming. does. Well, like she said, I know the end. I wanted to be a metal song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's the person who I think I relate to most, like personality wise. And just like, I love her persona. Yeah. I love seeing her live. Um, and I listen to her stuff a lot, but it's just like those Lucy songs just hit me like Night Shift. Whenever I listen to it, I just get yeah. so fucking emotional. And that for me just like trumps everything i love about phoebe even though i do love her so much but night shift is like one of my favorite songs of all time totally that's fair yeah Yeah, there's not a there's not a bad person in that group exactly yeah and i need to give julian baker another shot and i need to re-listen to her more um so Um, this has gone on for (laughs) yeah well so i was gonna say really quickly do you have any thing that is an honorable mention this is getting split up into two parts um i did not mention any destiny's child i recently got the vinyl for writing on the wall that's a great album um i'm trying to think what else i mean that's the one that i think i want to bring up yeah Yeah, destiny's Uh, child uh, like fucking amazing when i was making the list i was thinking about destiny's child um but i definitely was kind of like well i prefer beyonce songs to destiny's child songs which i think was really the only reason the harmonies yeah tlc was another one that i feel like yeah tlc could have got brought but it's just like if you there are videos of destiny's child just doing harmonies like acapella they blow the roof off like so good yeah um yeah i don't want to take any more of your time Show it.